that's a feeling, let's say, of connected and disconnected. There's still the one that's assumed prior to the connected and the disconnected. So there's the one that felt like it's connected, and then there's the one that feels like it's disconnected, and then from the disconnected, there's the hopes to get back connected again, and it goes on and on and on and on, yeah? And it just bounces, bounces, all different things. But the the one thing that gets under-addressed, which is who is it that feels connected, and who is it that doesn't feel connected? Because it's assumed it's us, yeah? It's assumed. Very little intention is given to what that is. It's just assumed to be me. Yeah? And that's fine, but the me that it's assumed to be may not be you. you know, it may not be what you are. It may be, like we were driving, like I, this one statement really got me the other day at an AA meeting, where someone was sharing about the obsession with self, and they're going, you know, all, I, all I'm doing all day is thinking about me. And then all I'm doing is thinking that other people are thinking about me. And you know what? Her idea was they were thinking about her me. Yeah? But everyone is thinking about me. I mean, every car, every person, every car driving over here is in their little me realm. You know what I mean? There's a feeling of being a special someone. That's the me. It's not like if we were all thinking we were yous, we'd probably have more compassion to the other yous. But because there's all these yous with this very special anointed tiara or crown, me, that changes everything, yet it doesn't change a damn thing. It's just a system of thought, yeah, called me. And everyone's obsessed with it. And part of the obsession is that you think someone else is obsessed with me, and they are, but it's not the me you're taking yourself to be. It's the me they're taking themselves to be. So, in a sense, everyone is obsessed with me, but they feel it's a different me. But I'd love to see like a graph or like a living scale of, of the me vibration, of the mental condition. I bet you we'd all have the same little printout, pretty much. Yet we'd all have this stubborn feeling that we're different. That's the flavor of it. But I would imagine we're all, if you gauge everyone's little head, emotional condition, like, and you got, you know, how they, they compare things at the hospitals, and then everyone would probably have the same. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. So therefore, it would be the exact same diagnosis for everyone, which is this message. That's why this message is so, to me, valuable, because it's applicable to every, every me. Yeah? Because it doesn't take your personalness into consideration. It sees the me as a foreign installment, or a parasite, or some kind of flavor that it isn't, it doesn't have the flavor, it's not you. Yeah? So we're looking at it as a foreign installment, and if you can entertain that, it's going to dawn on you, maybe quickly, maybe slowly, but I can be free from it. And then all your desires and, and longings to be free will finally be aligned in a way that works. Not free as it, not free for it, not free by it, by the doing and having, but free from it. Yeah? The freedom is on the money, that, that longing, but how it's being applied isn't. It's off. Yeah? Because the freedom is being used, the longing to be free is being used to produce a bondage to an idea in the mind, yeah? That longing is, is valid. It's just been usurped or taken over. And now it's being used to bond you to an idea of the one who isn't free. Can you want to repeat it? <laughs> 
I'll probably repeat it 800 times. Go to the talks. That's all I do is repeat it. Saying it as many ways as can say it. <laughs> That's all right. No, it's perfect. You see, it gets used perfectly. Don't worry about trying to grab it. Let it in. The grabbing, you think you're taking it in, that's way of keeping it out. It sort of keeps it shuttled up into the mental realm, and it turns into an intellectual or a conceptual understanding. It doesn't hold water. Let it go through. Instead of having a, a, like a, a solid door, make it more like a screen door. Yeah. Let the message go through to the real resident. Not your fucking little action figure story. Well, let it go to the real resident, yeah? And you don't have to, oh, I, I wrote it all down, I got it. No, you don't get it. That's how you have it. You don't get it, yeah? You don't get it. That's how you have it, yeah? You let this, you watch. Your thing will try to get it, try to, not get, try to get it by not getting it. It'll just use all these little sophisticated ways, but it's still all sort of like a a grabbing, a holding on to a this, and it will always not work because you are what you're looking for. You are what you're grabbing at. Yeah? What causes you to try to grab at is you've assumed you're something else that needs something. Yeah? So when there's a need, there's an expert, you go out, try to get it filled, yes? The mental state believes you... You're, you're that which you are, which produces a need to get better. And so it's out there looking to get something, to get, get it better. This is not that method. This is about realizing you're not that. This freedom is a not, isn't something that may or may not happen after the bondage. It's prior to the bondage. The Course in Miracles used to have this tricky, tricky, uh, trippy thing they delivered, which was, they had this idea of forgiveness, yes? They said the major dilemma here is this inherent guilt, the guilt of self-centeredness. And it made a very big impact on me because I had a very strong experience in my life about the guilt of self-centeredness, extremely when I was younger. When my father was, uh, my father got ill when I was around six, yeah? He passed away when I was nine. And before then, he was playing baseball with me, throwing things around, taking me, he'd go with the family to the beach and everything. And then suddenly, he got ill and he couldn't do any of that. So my mother had to sit down with me and told me, you know, Dad's ill, he's not going to be able to go to the beach this Saturday, he's not going to be able to go to the field, play with you, ball, baseball. Dr. Jan Quinto, back then he had a general doctor, you know, he came over and tried to tell me, you know, in my little head, you know, I was, I may have thought I was getting what they were saying, but inside, how it felt was I must have had done something to cause my father not to want to play with me anymore. And I couldn't get over that. I was overmatched. That's, and so that guilt of self-centeredness that I heard about in The Course of Miracles explained so well. I had a, a sense-felt experience of that when I was a kid. Yeah? I felt guilty for my father's condition. Yeah? And that was another way where that little, that youthful exuberance got shut down. Yes? That wonder and awe, I don't deserve wonder and awe anymore. Thinking about what, you know, what did I do? What does, does all the thinking got amplified. All of this stuff really rooted in that guilt. 
So the course would say that, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, course, many, probably many uh, authorities of the course would say I'm totally off, but I'll give you my own interpretation of it. So the course is about the, the inherent guilt that we all are suffering under, in a, lot, in a way, that we're trying all these little antics to get out of, or to, to disavow, or disconnect from, or, or avoid, is the guilt that we believe we are the cause of separation. Yeah, we left God, let's say. In other words, when we hear these beautiful statements of all there is is love and everything is perfect and there's all this and all that, the way our little logic of the self-centered mind is, is, well, if it isn't that way, I must have had done something to cause it. Yeah? <laughs> because my life doesn't look like it's all about love and compassion and separation. It looks like aggression, trying to get what you want, this and that. So... If it's not the way it was supposed to be, I must have done something to make it this way. That's the root of self-centeredness. Yes? If the mental state is rooted in that, that's the guilt you can't escape from. So you're dumping on your significant others, your family, or this, or that, anywhere you can possibly try to get rid of it. But you can't get rid of it, in a way. You know? You become like a storage unit. So the Course would go on this whole idea about forgiveness, but it says... The real thing is atonement, which is the atonement is the realization is that nothing ever actually happened here. So there's nothing to forgive, nor is there anyone to forgive. That's what this message implies. That's what this message is pointing out. Uh, towards the, to the freedom that's not after bondage. It's not the opposite of bondage. It's freedom prior to bondage. Yeah? It's... Not that you found a solution to the problem. The quote-unquote solution informed you there is no problem. That's it. Yeah? It's different. Totally different. Because if there was a problem, in time there will probably be a problem again. (laughs) I swear to God. And then you're going to be in the business of seeking for solutions, which is a big problem. Seriously, it's a big freaking problem. You may not think it is. You may think it's addressing the problem. It's part and parcel of what we call, quote-unquote, the problem. The trying to get out of it is part of the problem. Just like people come over to me and, you know, they're having a... They've adorned a woman as their higher power, you know? So when the, she, has, she has refused their entrance to the court, they're flipped out. And now they're waiting for a call or a little look. Okay, you can come back in, and, you know. <laughs> and then they come and talk to me about it. They don't see that as part of what's going on. They think the talking about it is separate from what's going on. It's part of what's going on. It's like a process. This happens, da da da. They try to get a little relief. Yap 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 yap. About their role in it. They do this. If I wouldn't have, if I, if I wouldn't have looked at her that way, I'd still be there. Like you know, living in a minefield. I mean, how much fun is that? Yeah. So you see that. <laughs> so the talking about it, the seeking a solution, is part of the problem. It's defining the reality of the problem in a way. So the solution is prior. So this solution is temporary, extremely temporary, because when, as because it's like the Course in Miracles would say beautifully, we're in this dream, yes, and we're going to dream ourselves out of it. So the dreaming is going to dream itself out of the dream, and as it does, it's the dream's going to get happier. So in this dream, there seems to be a real problem. So in the dream, there's a real solution. 
we're going to attend, we're going to start entertaining that solution. When it reveals itself, what it reveals is there is no problem. <laughs> there goes the solution. Yeah, that's dreaming yourself out of the dream. In the dream, there's problems and solutions. Dreaming yourself out of the dream, the solutions just point out there is no problem. That's the process, if you want to call it a process, or the whatever, the expansion. Yeah. So the idea. Of as soon as there's a bondage, it initiates a desire to get out, yeah, which you think has a purpose to get out, but its real purpose is the act of being bonded. Yeah? You're bonded trying to unshackle the chains, aren't you? While you're trying to unshackle yourself, you're actually in the experience of bondage. So as you're pursuing freedom from bondage, you're in bondage in a way. You're not, literally, but it seems, yeah? You know, it's a trick. So if you got, if you had like a, if we got, if we were looked upon from a higher up thing, you would see the amount of relief we're actually in to the amount of the time we spend trying to get the relief or get out of the problem. It's way, way. This percentage is not good. You know what I mean? We may get like a three percent oases or you know the false mirages, and then ninety cents, ninety-seven percent seeking, 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 seeking. That's the slavery. The slavery we're in, we don't know it. We don't know the slavery. We think we know all our problems, but we don't realize, in a sense, we are the problem. Like AA says, we're not people with problems, we are the problem. And it's exactly that, because the solution is, it's identification as self. Yeah? So in a sense, how can I ever get relief if I'm the problem? The only way you could ever get relief if you are the problem is that the problem is identification as what you're not. Because if you see you're not that, then you're not the problem anymore. Yes? You don't get out of it, you just realize you were never in it. You see? It doesn't take any time. It's not, it's not in a process, it's not stretched out as a process. Its expression may express through a process, but the process doesn't produce it. Because it's unproduced, yeah? It's your basic state prior to all the other mental, emotional, physical, circumstantial states you've experienced here. It's a state, it's a stateless state. It's prior to it, not after it. It's not after it. So how could that which comes after produce which is prior? It's impossible. How could what comes after produce what is prior? What is prior is producing what is after, and what it's producing is can only reach the level of seemingly so. It's a dream. It can only feel as real as real can be to a you. It can't feel as real as real can be. Not to everybody, because it won't. It, it, it feels as real as real can be to a you. And that you has to be in the state of meanness for that to occur. And we don't have any separate forms of meanness. It's the same me. We're just thinking it's a different body. It's the same meaning going on. We're all obsessed. Yes, all we think about is me. Every freaking person. <laughs> We're thinking, no, they're thinking about me. You're right. It's one of the most clearest things that lady ever said in my life, I heard. They are thinking about me, but not the me that you think you are. They're thinking about the me they think they are. I tried a lot of stuff. I worked hard, too. I did. I had sincerity, and I had longing, and I had clarity. 
I had an affinity towards it. I looked, but it was being applied in a wrong, a wrong manner. I was trying to get out of something I never was in. So it had to fail to be truly, truly valuable. It had to completely fail for it to be valuable. Every time it succeeded somewhat, it furthered the, the, the uh, delusion, yes? So when one day, I don't know what happened, this, all my spiritual pants fell down, and I didn't immediately pull it back up, and I was left sort of naked, and I entertained, hey, let's get all right with this, see what happens. So people would call me, hey, you missed the teacher who came into town. I said, hallelujah, I missed the teacher. You know, hallelujah, because in fact, I was the same before that person showed up, when I went into the auditorium and after. Yeah. I, that's, that's what would be good to discover, because you're not going to be with your teacher one in the morning. And if you are, you won't be for long, because there'll be another one with your teacher one in the morning, a couple <laughs> months later. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well find find something you don't have to look for, you know. Find it right where you're sitting. It's the only place that you haven't really looked. You've been looking from it the whole time, but you never really looked. Yeah. See who it is or what it is, and see if it, see if that has an effect. And if it starts producing a relaxation that couldn't be produced by doing, you know, having 30 time massages and stuff like that, you're on to something, you know? doesn't mean, you know, I had a lot of misconceptions about, oh, just like when I came into AA, I had misconceptions. I saw that a lot of my problems were based on my cocaine use, and it was funny when those patterns of life showed up after I was three years sober, <laughs> that whole logic was blown out of the water, because I had given a false cause to this as an effect, but the effect was still happening when the cause had stopped. So how could have that been the cause? <laughs> Investigate a little. Try it out. You know. I, if you ask, like, these people I was talking in Mississippi... Four, like, four subjective questions during a day. Well, you just watch, your, your head is yapping as you're doing whatever you're doing. Just ask who it is, you know. And don't look for an answer. Just sit with it. See what happens, yeah? The funny thing is, usually, well, I don't want to even say. Just be a nice thing to do. If you feel like you get on that train of self-will, yeah? The emergency room, the emergency thing is right where you are. Just ask a question, who's on the train? You don't have to jump off the train. If you realize you're not on the train, there's no jumping off, because if the train's going five miles an hour, you hurt, jump off, you're going to get a little hurt. If it's 30 miles per hour, you jump off, you're going to get really hurt. But the best way not to get off the train is realize you're not on the train. Oh, I don't want to go there again. All right, there you go. So I think I began with the idea of the right view. So Buddhism, referred to Buddhism, yeah? So Buddhism, one methodology of Buddhism has the Eightfold Noble Path as a very important aspect, yes? Sort of like the AA 12 steps, in a way, like a linear thing. And so if you look at it in a linear way, 
it has the first statement is right view. Yeah. And I don't remember all of them because I don't care really. <laughs> the right view is the only one that matters really. So then it's right understanding, right livelihood, right meditation, right, 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 right. Yeah? But the right is in the view. Yeah? When the view's entertained, the rightness of the view will migrate into your activities. Instead of trying to produce the right view by the activities. It'll, right, it'll migrate into whatever activities you're in. Yes? Yeah, yeah. The right view in, in some circles of Buddhism is this idea of non-self. Yeah? Not self, it doesn't mean that. It says non-self. It's not saying what you are, it's just a negation. Yeah? Just like non-duality isn't a thing, it means not to. So non-self is not self. That's what it means. It's not saying anything else, it's just questioning that, because that's all you need to do. Most of the other answers are two-sided. You know, you realize you're fucked and then you get unfucked. This is not that way. All you realize is you're not the one that thinks that it's fucked, and then you realize you've never been fucked. And that's a much more stable unfucked. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take any time, because there's no movement, yeah, to produce anything. It's just a, it's just a denial, and not a mental denial that doesn't hold water, but an, another temper denial of realizing not two. And then, also in the self, it's realizing not one. And then what happens? You're relegated into finding out. Finding out. Just like, how many times have you been relegated where you took a test? Like, when I uh, got sober first year, I went to get an AIDS test. And back then, you had to wait for three weeks to find out if you had AIDS or not. Yeah? Now... I've been avoiding the responsibility of that for years, but now I was in a big rush to find out, you know. But every day trying to, you know, do I have AIDS? And, you know, back then, it's still, it's still terrible. Back then, it was really scary. You know, people were dropping like fives. And one of my friends dropped like five, Jamie Rudell. So, uh, you know, but I, I couldn't know anything. Yeah, I wasn't going to break into the uh, laboratory. <laughs> it's just like I had to sort of wait. Yeah, to find out. Yeah, and what I found was that the uh, the grace of AA allowed me to travel lighter. Yeah, not not because it worked out, but while I didn't know how it was going to work out, that's where I saw the real value in the relief I was I was getting. Not that everything always worked out for my betterment, but I was at peace even while I was waiting for things to work out. Yeah, and that happened with me with money. You know, you'd be, you'd realize you have no money, and then I hurt my knee, and I used to be a painter, and I didn't know how I was going to pay a rent and everything, and so on and so forth. And yet, uh, and this would happen every few years in the beginning, and you know, this fear of no money. But I didn't gauge oh that it always worked out because it did. I started gauging success on how I traveled while it was working out. Yeah, that's the real value. That's the traveling later. To me, that's. That's applicable. That's valuable in a sense here. If you want a value here, that's valuable because it's applicable now. Traveling later is now. It's not an awakening that once happened or it's going to happen or a damn crazy idea called enlightenment that you, anytime you're entertaining it, you're going to be thinking you're going to be the one in the enlightenment, which is not 
that's not it. <laughs> so, but just a damn traveling lighter through your Saturday, or through your this, or through your that, or through your waiting for something to clear up, or my knee, or whatever, these knees. This is the real gold, and it's difficult because you don't have an account book for it. It isn't like you got, you know, you go to the spiritual notary public and you get your your epiphany notarized. Oh yes, I've had an epiphany. I must be a very clear person. It's very unnoticeable in a sense, but I'll tell you, if you can appreciate it, it's an incredible gratitude-provoking state because you realize how much freedom you have from what's absent in your life. Yes. I mean, being pared down is pretty good. Yeah, really good. I mean, it's really juicy. Yeah. So you're not putting too many, too many hopes on July 12th. Let's see. The day. <laughs> it's what's in the day. That's where the pin the hopes are. Not even hopes, but... Yeah? So like when I used to go in the water, it provoked joy. But the joy wasn't in the water. It was in me. Yes? I would be fooled to think I have to be in the water to have joy provoked. I'm the, jo- I'm the provoker of joy. I am the joy. You don't want it to be dependent on anything because the mind will have to want it. Once you want it, once you desire it, your field of, of relaxed vision gets concentrated. You think that's the savior. That's the thing I need. And then you block off everything else. And that thing will necessarily have to fail you to serve you. Yeah. But while you just, if you're the source, then there's no concentrating looking for the source. You're now expand. Your your aperture is wide open because the source wants to see more. It's not looking for itself. It's seeing from itself. Yes, it's a much uh, grander way to truck around during the day. Yeah. You know, littlest things can bring you great, can provoke great beauty in you. Stuff like that. Because you're all of it. You're every meaning that's ever been given, you're the source of it all. Everything that you've seen that provoked so much beauty, you're the essence of that beauty. You're the mind that's dreaming this place. Yeah. The peace, like they say in recovery, you'll underword you'll understand the word serenity and comprehend peace, something like that. It's sort of like that, see? Because you can think you know something, but then there's another feeling about it when it really becomes a sense-felt something. You really know peace, and you really comprehend serenity. You get it. You get it. Yeah? You have a tactile sense-feltness towards it. Yeah? And that's substantial. That can be relied on. It's not a little mental idea on a thin, like, papyrus of the state of mind. You know, the conceptual, I don't know why this is the way, da-da-da-da. It doesn't serve you. It's like being a professor of holes if you keep falling in the holes. What's the point of all that knowledge? Or an AA says, self-knowledge avails you nothing. Any knowledge claimed by selfing will avail you nothing. Because it's not going to lead you to freedom from self. It'll maybe lead you to another path to get freedom as self, or for it, or by it, but not from it. Yeah? And I tell you, I've, tried, I've had every one of those flavors. The, un, the only one that ever worked was from. <laughs> not for, as, by, you know, from. So, yeah. See, I'm stubborn. I need to be reminded all the time. That's why I've been given the seed assignment. 
I haven't missed one meeting in uh, 20 years now. Fucking, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Seriously. It's unbelievable, man. I, this was so important, I couldn't put it on external circumstances. Yeah, I couldn't have some person who doesn't come here like once a year or something. No fucking way. I need to be reminded a lot. And if no one's going to remind me, I'm going to open up to be the reminder. <laughs> because like the Course says, the best way to learn is to teach. Best way. If you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. If you're willing to have it, but not willing to give it away, you're going to get it. <laughs> not going to be what you thought. <laughs> but if you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. It'll move through you, for sure. Yeah? Willing to give it away. You know what I mean? So, that's it, I think. Did you get enough time? It was a short one today. Should we just draw it out? You know, just, you know, whip the dead horse a little more? We missed the biggest chorus of all, which is the beginning piece to the music. Yeah? If you heard that, and it's constantly playing, it would have a very stabilizing effect on you, because it's always so. But most of us, we start at the fifth groove, and we're trying to make sense out of something that makes no sense, really, literally, because we're, we're seeing it and predicting it from the fifth groove. And then when we look back, we look back from the fifth groove. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking back and realizing you aren't the fifth groove, we keep stubbornly implying that there's a fifth groove that now is looking for itself. Yeah. You just want to see if one thing can, if one time it just flips and you get into the first, it can be unforgettable. It can be like an unspoken yes. You won't forget it. You realize, yeah, fuck, I'm not that. <laughs> you know, it's a very profound uh, hit, yeah? Because all day it's batting, you know? So what would happen? How What I found out is the song was easier to dance to. And it goes through a lot of changes, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's just, I've danced on a, on a much lighter manner throughout them all so far. With no thought or effort on my part, I'm not having a difficult time getting it together. I just, I just admit I'm, it's impossible to be together. Yeah, my, so my solution is I'm overwhelmed. Not that I can manage, can live better. I'm to- this place totally overwhelms me. Fucking insane, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Everyone's a source of love, looking for love. It's crazy. Really, it's mind-boggling. I I get upset that I have two legs of a pants. I hate putting on pants. (laughs) Fuck, I gotta put another one on? (laughs) This is me off. (laughs) Another fucking shirt? (laughs) Shit. Uh, No one's noticing. (laughs) When's someone going to (laughs) notice? Here we go again. Give me my begging bowl. Let me go beg for some attention. (laughs) 
<laughs> Aren't you tired of it? <laughs> as long as it's thrown outside of yourself, you're in a state of being a beggar. Be it from the boss, or from the girl, or from this, or from the something or other. This is like true independence, yes. You become dependent on what you are, in a sense, by realizing what you're not, and then you have independence. Even if you have to kiss some ass, it's not you kissing ass. (laughs) 